0: I'm going to read verses 25 through 29. It says, For David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand, that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope, because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption." Thou hast made known to me the ways of life, thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. In these verses, um, Peter, and it is Peter that's preaching here, I've a couple of weeks ago, I said, "Why did I write down Peter?" Well, the reason I wrote down Peter is because Peter is the one that's preaching. So, anyway, I had a little memory lapse there, but um, but here he's he's telling us he continues to preach in these verses, and he continues to take the Jewish people. If you remember, that's who's present here on the Day of Pentecost. He continues to take them back to the Scriptures. He continues to point them to the Scriptures, and you know. And I thought as I wrote that down. That's God's intent for all of us. He's pointing us always to his word, to his, to his teaching for us to live by. And that's, that's what Peter here was, like I said, pointing the Jewish folks, helping them to explain. You know, I think about things that when we don't understand, when we're, when we're wondering about things, when we're seeking direction in our life, any time that we have a question, not even when we have a question, any time we want somebody to talk to even, and there's nobody else around, God's word's the answer. I mean, God's Word is the source for everything that we need. And, you know, the source of truth and the source not only of that, but the fact of, that God's given us His history in this book. I mean, I don't know if you all ever thought about that, but I just thought how that Peter was preaching to the Jewish people, and the reason he was preaching to them and taking them back to the Scriptures is because that's what they knew. That, in other words, they were, he was telling them, go back and look at the history that you've been given about who God says he is. And I thought, what a blessing it is that God's given us his word today for us to know who he is, to understand where he came from, who he is, what, he, what his purpose is for us, everything. Everything we need to know is in his word, everything. So he takes them back here. and Well, let me back up. In verses 17 through 21, if you remember, he took them back to the book of Joel. I'm not going to go back there, but that's in the Old Testament in case you're wondering. And here in verses 25 to 31, he takes them back and takes us back to Psalm 16. And Psalm 16 is a psalm that David wrote. And in Psalm 16, and I'm, we're going to turn back there here in a minute and maybe read a few verses, but in Psalm 16, David tells us, and in case you're wondering where I'm going this morning, I tell you, I started reading this and I started studying and I couldn't get away from what i started reading here in psalm 16 and 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 i just thought about the christmas season that we're in and the whole idea around christmas for those of us that understand the true meaning of christmas is that god had a desire to give himself so that we could have a relationship with him to me that's the whole reason and when we look at god's word we see When we look here at these verses here and and what God has given to David, what he gave to David when David was alive, walking the face of this earth, some 3,000 years ago, if my math's right, you think about that, 3,000 years ago, probably longer than that, that he gave this to to David. And he he gave it to David because he desired to share himself with, with mankind. Some of y'all is looking at me like I don't know what I'm talking about this morning, but I'm trying to I'm trying to get us to. Maybe this is not coming out very well, but when we think about this, God's desire, when we think about every everything else going on around us, and when we think about our Christian life and our relationship with the Lord, God's whole desire for mankind has always been to have a relationship with Him. And to me, when I started thinking about You know, here we are at Christmas, here we are starting a new year. It all comes down to the fact that God wants to have a presence within each and every one of us. Is that not just, does that not just make you stop and think for a little bit? I mean, I just thought about that. I mean, the things that he gave to David, and I'll get into that here in a minute, maybe a little bit, but he was, he wanted, David to know certain things, and he gave him prophecy of things 3,000 years ago that happened that we're reading about today, and yet David wrote these things because God gave them to him to write. I mean, it's just amazing to me, God wants to share himself with us. Not only does he want to share himself, his knowledge with us, but he wants to, he wants to be, just the fact that he wants to dwell within me. It's just, I mean, I just thought. I mean, that's just the thing I just kept thinking about. I couldn't get past that. I just thought, you know, a piece of pitiful somebody like me, just a piece of dirt, full of sin, and God Almighty, all holy, all righteousness, of every, the God of everything, He wants to be in here. He has a desire to dwell in each of us. Is that not, I mean, that is just... I don't know, maybe it's just me, but that's just totally, I mean, that is just, when we think about that, I mean, that should really make us stop and just ponder a while. I mean, just really stop and think about that, because if he never had that desire, we would never know who he is. I mean, you think about that, you say, well, you know, I, I didn't find him, he came and found me, he came looking for me one day, I mean, you know, and, and if he wouldn't have done that, I never would have known who he was, Never. Still wouldn't know who he is. I mean, so, I don't know if I'm getting it out very well, but I'm trying. So if you want to turn back to Psalm 16, it's short. I'm not going to read it all, but it's, a, it's very just a few verses. But Psalm 16, specifically verse 8 through 11. Verses 8 through 11, and this is what, this is what it says. It says, I have set the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand I shall not be moved therefore my heart is glad and my glory rejoiceth my flesh also shall rest in hope for thou wilt not leave my soul in hell neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption thou wilt show me the path of life in thy presence is fullness of joy at thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore and you know In Psalm 16, David tells us that he's trusted the Lord to preserve him in the present life and also that he's going to trust him to preserve him even in death. And now you think God showed him this. God spoke to him and showed him this. God showed David that he he would die but that he would live again. Now you think about that. This is way before, I mean this was prophecy that was given to David. David. God gave this to him to write for our benefit. And God showed David that he would would die, but that he would live again. And the reason being, when he says the Holy One, he's not talking about himself. He's talking about Jesus Christ. That's who he's he's mentioning here in this verse. And the reason being because God showed David that God's Holy One, God's only Son, Jesus Christ would not see corruption. Okay, That's, that's what he's telling us here. And, but that he would live again because God was going to raise him up. Now, I know this is even before Christ even came, but he gave, him that, he gave him that insight. He gave him that prophecy to write. And I guess what I'm trying to say is, is it not a blessing that when we go into his word, that if we seek and we're reading and seeking out to understand his word to grow... Isn't it a blessing that he gives us things that we don't I mean we don't a lot of times we're not even we don't even know what to ask for when we're studying or we don't even know what he's going to give to us but he just gives things to us and he continues to give things to us the knowledge of himself and his word. Is that not is that not amazing? I mean that's just to me that's just amazing. But when you say, you know, I thought he's gonna raise him up and he told him that. And uh, I say glory to that because because he lives I mean, it still applies. What David was saying back then is because I know God's telling me that he's, he's going he's to raise his son up one day. And because he's going to raise him up, I'm going to get raised up one of these days. I don't know when, but I'm going to get raised up. Is that not? I mean, to me, that's just, I don't know. I just kept going back. I mean, 3,000 years ago, he told him that. And here we are today celebrating, I mean, we celebrated Christmas and such, but the whole holiday season, I don't, I don't even want to say that word, Christmas season. Christmas season. And it's all about the fact that, it all comes down to the fact that God had a desire to give himself, to give himself to us. And yet he told David he, this is what he was going to do all the way back in Psalm 16. I mean, it's just, it's just amazing to me. I mean, God's word is so, his desire to give to us to, 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 to show himself to us, there's no end to it. I mean, there's no end to it. I mean, all we have to do is open his word up and sincerely look, and he just shows himself to us. I mean, through many, many ways, just many ways. I don't know. I'm not getting it out very well this morning, but the bottom line is because he lives, we, we're going to live too one of these days, okay? I mean, I may, I may drop and I may go in the ground, but I know that one of these days I'm coming back out, yeah. <laughs> To live again, so all right. So, in Psalm, if you look there in Psalm 16, verse 10, specifically, he says, For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. And, like I said, in verse 10, the holy one that David speaks of is Jesus Christ himself, the Messiah. Now, they didn't know, maybe they didn't refer to Christ as Christ back then, but they knew that there was a Messiah coming, They're, they knew that there was a promised one coming. And that's what David is telling us there. And, and it just I, just I know I'm going to repeat myself again, but God told David that years and years ago. He gave that to him. So not only did God reveal to David the resurrection of the Messiah, but God also told David that the Messiah would come through his family bloodline and that the Messiah would sit on his throne one day. Now you think he told him all these things, and, and I think about, we've heard these things mentioned, but when you think about it, and if you go back and you read some of the scripture around that, I mean, the fact that he told David these things, it's just amazing, because these things, they still haven't happened yet, but they're going to happen one day. And he's, and it's, it's prophecy that's been given to us that's going to happen. So... Um, <laughs> I wrote again, glory to God, exclamation point. I mean, it's just amazing what he does. The the things, again, I'm repeating myself. I I don't know what else to say. But um, the Bible teaches us that David was a man what? After God's own heart, right? Or after God's heart, okay? So let's just, I just want to take us back to a few verses. Because like I said, I just couldn't get, I couldn't get past what this little bit, I started thinking about David and I just couldn't get past this. So let's go back to to 1 Samuel 13. 1 Samuel chapter 13, verses 13 and 14. And I hope this is, I hope this is making sense. So 1 Samuel chapter 13, verses 13 and 14. And says, and Samuel said to Saul, and listen to the words, listen to what Samuel told Saul. He says, thou hast done foolishly. Thou hast not kept the commandment of the Lord thy God, which he commanded thee. For now would the Lord have established the kingdom upon Israel forever. Did you ever catch that? He basically told, he was telling Saul, he said, You really, you really, you missed the mark. You had the opportunity. It was going to, I mean, God knows, but Saul had the opportunity for it to come through his family, but he didn't because he didn't obey God. And he goes on in verse 14 and he says, But now thy kingdom shall not continue. The Lord hath sought him a man after his own heart, and the Lord hath commanded him to be captain over his people, because thou hast not kept that, which the Lord commanded thee. I, I thought about a lot of things as I was looking at this, but one thing I thought about was Saul was chosen. Saul was chosen by God. Saul had a great responsibility, and unfortunately Saul did not do very well with that responsibility that he was given. I mean, he had some success, if you want to call it that, but he died, I would say, miserably, a broken man. I mean, he and his son and others. But the thing I thought about was each and every one of us sitting here this morning that's saved, God has given us a great responsibility. I mean, and I thought about that a lot. He's given us a great responsibility. He's given us a privilege, a great privilege to serve Him. And there's an expectation that He has that comes along with that for us to, to do what He wants and not what I want. And that's, that's to me that's key because when we do what He wants, He's able to bless us. And not only that, He's lifted up. That's the main thing. Whether He blesses us or not, well, He will. But when we obey Him, He gets lifted up, and He gets glory and honor. And that's what it's all about is Him getting glory and honor. And I thought how unfortunate that Saul missed out on that. But yet he said you look at this what what else samuel said and he said that the lord has sought him a man after his own heart and the lord hath commanded him to be captain over his people god already had everything put in place i mean for, for all intents and purposes even though david has not been called out as the king yet everything has fallen into place and it's all according to god's will i mean he he's in control right now i mean he was in control then is what i'm trying to say even though david hadn't been named yet So, if we go on to turn a page, maybe, to chapter 16. Right. I know, I know. And I've done the same thing. Yes, we do. And I don't know if it's because... Well, we're human. I mean, I know that's one reason, but I think sometimes we... Well, I'll just say I... I used to let the time thing control more than what I should have. And what I mean by that, a lot of times I would I would push other things aside or the things that the Lord wanted more so thinking I don't have time to do that. Yeah. And he had yeah, and he showed me that you know there's there's we don't know we don't know what's going to happen today. We don't know what's going to happen in the next hour. You know, and uh, I thought, you know, sometimes God may not give us a second chance. I thought, you know, he's given me second chances along the way, but he doesn't have to. And when we're given that opportunity like you're talking about, Dorothy, I mean, I've thought how many times did he give me one chance, maybe to witness to somebody or maybe to say something to somebody, just anything, and I didn't do it. But we, I think that's why he puts these things in the Bible for us. Is for us, to, for us to learn from, and hopefully to, to do better as we move forward. Right. I mean, it's. <laughs> I used to, I can remember when our kids were young, and you know, we there's a there's a progress, right there, there there's a there's a curve, there's a learning process, and you're and you're you constantly if, if if you care about them and you love them, you, you push them and you wanna you want them to progress. God wants the same thing for us. You know what I mean? And I think sometimes he probably is so frustrated with me thinking, you know what? How many times do I have to reach down and push you?" or I just wonder, you know what I'm saying to get your attention, but that's right. But this thing up here gets in the way a lot, you know So so Saul had the opportunity. But he failed. And um, let me find my spot here. One more verse, First Kings 11:4. First Kings chapter 11, verse four. And this is sad as well. This is about Solomon. Verse four says, "For it came to pass, and listen to what it says about David in this, in this one verse. It says, For it came to pass when Solomon was old that his wives turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God, as was the heart of David his father. You know, I mean, you think about that, and, and you think about a man David, and we know that David failed. We know that David sinned because David was a man. But I also think that in, this, in God's word, I'm just touching on this very light but you think if we have a sincere love for God and a sincere desire to please Him and live for Him, God is going to, He's going to guide us. He's going to give us the direction. We need. He's going to give us the blessings, the strength, the help, whatever it is that we need to serve Him, to live for Him, to move forward. I mean, you know, life, like I said, is uncertain. You know, and I don't have all the answers, I don't have much answers for anything, to be honest with you. You know, I can tell you I love you and I care about you. You know, I've (laughs) I've, I've thought about my brother a lot these last several months. And I thought, you know, there's not a thing in the world that I can do to help him other than just to text him, to talk to him, to offer words of encouragement. But you know what I can do? I can pray, I can read God's word, and I can point him to God's word and that's the one thing that I believe that's that's one thing he just keeps giving to me is just just continue to point him to God's word you know God's word is the source of everything there's not anything in this life that we're ever going to face that there's not an answer for in God's word I mean I'm thankful for that this morning I mean he's, he is the source he's the source of all comfort and he's the source of all hope and that, I mean if if there's nothing he can't provide to us, any of us. No matter what our situation is, there's nothing he can't provide that we need each and every day. That's right. That's right. Now, at the time, when those things happen, that's hard to remember, but, but it's a fact. And, boy, it's a, it's a fact and it's a truth that we can rely on, too, isn't it, Phil? I mean, it's a fact and a truth that we can rely on. So, all right. Let's go to 2nd Samuel chapter 7. And look at the promise that again the promise that David is given. 2nd Samuel chapter 7. I'm going to read a few verses here, 1 through 17 and and I'll quit. It says, and it came to pass when the king sat in his house and the Lord had given him rest round about from all his enemies that the king said unto Nathan the prophet, See now, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwelleth within curtains. And Nathan said to the king, Go, do all that is in thine heart, for the Lord is with thee. And it came to pass that night that the word of the Lord came unto Nathan, saying, Go and tell my servant David, Thus saith the Lord, Shalt thou build me an house for me to dwell in? Whereas I have not dwelt in any house since the time that I brought up the children of Israel out of Egypt, even to this day, but have walked in a tent and in a tabernacle. In all the places wherein I have walked with all the children of Israel, spake I a word with any of the tribes of Israel whom I commanded to feed my people Israel, saying, Why build ye not me in a house of cedar? Now therefore so shalt thou say unto my servant David, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I took thee from the sheepcote from following the sheep to be ruler over my people, over Israel. And I was with thee, whithersoever thou winnest, and have cut off all thine enemies out of thy sight, and have made thee a great name, like unto the name of the great men that are in the earth. Moreover, I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and will plant them, that they may dwell in a place of their own, and move no more, neither shall the children of wickedness afflict them any more as before time. In a sense the time that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel and have caused thee to rest from all thine enemies, also the Lord telleth thee that he will make thee an house. And when thy days be fulfilled and thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of thy bowels, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build an house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Did you catch that? I will be his father and he shall be my son. If he commit iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the stripes of the children of men. And listen to what he says in verse 15. But my mercy shall not depart away from him as I took it from Saul, whom I put away before thee. And thine house and thy kingdom shall be established forever before thee. Thy throne shall be established forever. According to all these words and according to all this vision, so did Nathan speak unto David. And you say, why are you reading all this? David desired to build a temple to house the ark. That was his desire. David's deep love for God drove him to want to do that. His his deep love and his desire to please God drove him to do that. But instead, what God said was, I'm not going to build me a temple. You're not going to. Your son is. But the Lord promised he would build a house for David. That's what he's telling him. He would build a house. You say, what kind of house? A royal house, a royal kingdom... That would never end. That's what he told David. He said David's house, his kingdom, and his throne would be established forever. And the right to rule would always remain with David's family. That's, that's, I mean, that's what he told him. You know, Jesus Christ is the ultimate fulfillment of that promise. I mean, he's the ultimate fulfillment of that promise that was made to David that many years ago. And when you look at... Let me find my place here. I think I got ahead of myself. Let me go back to Acts i getting ready to quit. Let me find my spot. He said, therefore being a prophet, this is in, in Acts chapter 2 verse 30, and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He seeing this before spake of the resurrection of Christ that his soul was not left in hell neither his flesh did see corruption. That's what, when you say, why did Peter tell them this? Because he was taking them back, and he was saying, years and years ago, in the scripture, everything that you're seeing today, that display of all the power, and and this Holy Spirit, when he's saying the Holy Spirit, what they saw, he's, he's trying to tell them, this is all about Jesus Christ, God's only son, that's what it's all about. So, I hope it made sense this morning.